Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. I guess the music did. Uh, hey, this is Bo Matthews. That's Mark Cox. That's Carl Middleman. What's Hi. up, Carl? Hey. What's up? Uh, we, we've got a full show here, but man, what a career Wayno's had. You know, this is, I guess we could call this the great outdoors portion of the show because when you go to a ball game at Bush Stadium, you're outdoors. Absolutely. And so we wanted to, you know, we wanted to shed a little light on. This particular weekend, because one of our longtime heroes, uh, Adam Wainwright, Uncle is Charlie, putting, he's hanging up his cleats, man. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, so happy for him. You know, we look f- falsely sometimes we look up to these baseball heroes to be something other than what they really are, which is human beings. We kind of set them on a on a pedestal sometimes, and, sure. then, and then sometimes you get let down by them. Wayno has never been one of those people. He's as down-to-earth as anybody you've ever met. I've seen him at my church before in the past. Um, he he my, he was he had an injury one season and he had a leg injury and he was on a scooter one of those knee scooters and my son held the door open for him and he he stopped and he stopped us and complimented us on what a gentleman our son was and he he's he's a he's a hunter uh, he's he's just a great all around guy and I think that everybody in St Louis will always remember him rising to the occasion after what's been a miserable season of baseball for the Cardinals and pulling out that win the other night, you know, number 200 where he pitched into the seventh inning and he didn't have his, he didn't have all the speed that he's had in the past, but he used his guile and his knowledge as a pitcher. Sometimes he was throwing 70 mile an hour off speed pitches and fooling these major league batters. And, and he did it, man. He did. He shut down a, a great ball club to secure his 200th win of the season. And we'll That's always fantastic. remember that. That's fantastic. And uh, <laughs> no. I, I, I do want to, I, I do want to give you. A, uh, I think I can predict why he is doing this. He's hanging up the cleats. It might, he might have announced this a long time ago, but I think after, because he's a musician, I think after he saw the success of Oliver Anthony, he thought, you know what, I think I can do that. <laughs> he's going to have a microphone. Put me in the woods. He, he's going to have to grow a beard, right? 
He could do that. He, he can grow about six inches too. <laughs> yeah, with his with his his music, he we we've played his national anthem on the uh, on our morning show. Uh, Carl is not real happy about it, but we've we've played. Neither it. are the listeners. Well, I'm just saying he did that. At, he did that on opening day, and uh, I'm sure we're going to hear him again in the future. We wanted to uh, on in honor of his last weekend as a major league baseball player replay our interview with him last year talking about his time in the woods as a, as a deer hunter and a lot of other things and a little bit about the cardinals um and he, here that is this is adam wainwright on this show about a year ago let's hit it Well, you know why there's a baseball theme. We're going to talk to Adam Wainwright coming up here in just a couple of minutes from the uh, St. Louis Cardinals, talking about his hunting success, among uh, his many other successes. It's deer hunting season, and uh, there's a lot of things going on in the world right now, and it seems like uh, Adam Wainwright is playing whack-a-mole because he's been hunting successfully, unlike uh, MR. M-A-R-C, yes. which is the new term for the Indi- old Indian word for bad hunter. Yes, that's me. But you are going to try this weekend. I am. Um, and uh, he's also been serving food. Let's start with your deer hunting story. Adam Wainwright, welcome to Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors, man. Thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Where were you? What happened? What'd you do? Is it an epic story? Are you going to mount the head? Uh, it's definitely going to get mounted. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Big, mature, seven-and-a-half-year-old, Illinois, whitetail, just a just a real trophy, just a giant eight-pointer. Big state pointer I've ever seen in person. Wow. Uh, I think we scored it 156 and 4.8. Pretty big eight-point. Is this something you've been watching for years? So I was uh, invited up to my friend Jim Tomey's house, uh, farm, and uh, he's got one of the best places in, in the country. And uh, when you get an invite like that, you got to go. <laughs> yes, and you do. So, you do. You do. You just have to go. And and uh, this is how great this place is. I, I shut that deer and uh, got it in the truck and got it back. And he looked at it and he said, man, that is the perfect management buck. Wow. <laughs> you know, so that's how, you know, you just, that's the Midwest for you, though. You never know what's going to step out, out in front of you. It could be a, a little three-year-old dink eight-pointer or it could be a 195-inch 10. You never know. So yeah. that's what it's exciting, especially during the rut. You just never know. Well, congratulations. The next question is, what did you get it with? Was it a curve or a fastball? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a fastball. Those <laughs> Matthews bows are pretty special. Yeah, he shot a bow with a bow. Yeah, a Matthews bow. It's not my company, but thank you. Um, so so can you describe uh, where you were, how long you were out there? Because uh, Mark here uh, was in the stand for four hours, and then uh, he did really well on his uh, poker app that he was playing. Yeah, but no deer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's hunting, isn't it? I mean, if it, it'd just be called harvesting if it was if it was different. Um, but you know, I've hunted. I've honestly, I've hunted the last what at least two seasons. I think three seasons now without a big mature Midwest buck. And so, you know, sometimes that's the way it goes. Sometimes you you run into a few of them a year, and sometimes you don't. When you're like me, though, you have five kids. I'm what I'm usually hunting is is those five kids. I'm usually hunting them all over the place. So my my time in the woods has been uh, sparing at best, so I was I was very fortunate to be able to get one on the dirt. Yeah, I think that, that that's fantastic. Well, we're so we're so thrilled to hear it. I think I saw a picture of it online, and uh, it's it's impressive. I'm I'm still hopeful. I'm going to go out this weekend and give it one more shot. 
literally. Well, you, you're definitely not going to get one if you don't go. <laughs> That's a, that is a great point. And I'm definitely not going to get one because I'm married, married to a vegetarian. But again, <laughs> taking donations of venison because I am a carnivore. Um, uh, you know, if, we, if you don't mind switching gears here, I had a headline here uh, that said you were uh, serving food uh, to the community at the Ahmaud Arbery murder trial. Could you, uh, could you describe what's going on uh, with that? Yeah, we had, uh, so our community is a, a very tight-knit community. I grew up born and raised here in South Georgia, born in Brunswick, Georgia, where uh, Ahmad was shot. And, and uh, there was some words said in the courtroom the other day that um, that caused uh, Al Sharpton and a couple other uh, leaders among the, the black community to say, hey, let, we need some more support down here. And 500, they said 500. They were they invited 500. I think I think we had way more than that. So uh, it was just an opportunity for me to be the hands and feet of Jesus and get out there and serve um, people who are are coming in with great intentions, who are coming in here and um, protesting peacefully, or coming in here just to make sure that the support is known. But one way or another, uh, I wanted to know. I wanted everyone to know, and our community to know, and our community wanted everyone to know that we. We were going to support and, and love anybody who came in here. So they, they had some people in there frying shrimp and, and boiling shrimp and frying fish and making uh, uh, some pulled pork barbecue, baked beans, coleslaw. We said I, I, if there was one person there that was 750 at least, it was two hours of nonstop packed lines, and uh, we fed them good, and they had a good time, and it was great to, to meet everyone and talk to them. Well, good for you. I mean, I think that's fantastic. I'll have to tell you, Adam, uh, five, six, seven years ago, you when you had um, a leg injury, I remember this specifically, we were at our church in the Chesterfield Valley, the crossing, uh, where I know Mike Matheny used to attend, and my son saw you there and held the door for you as you were leaving, and you thanked him, and that's been one of the highlights of his <laughs> life. Can I just tell you that as a, Card- as a Cardinals fan, he, he still talks about seeing you at his church. Well, I, I did appreciate him opening that door because I was a little hobbled at that yeah. time. And you never know. I might not have got out of there without him. So. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Adam Wainwright, our guest. You know, Adam, congratulations as well on a fantastic season. I mean, what, 17 wins this year? Is that right? Well, 17 wins in a row. Yeah. Well, I mean, the team, 17 wins in a row. I was talking about him personally. Oh, oh, oh. oh yeah. Oh. Yeah, both of those are true. Um, <laughs> those are true. Uh, uh, it was a good season. We, we uh, you know, we really got it going. Um, towards the end, and I, I, I honestly, I believe if we beat the Dodgers, which we should have, I mean, by all accounts, we we probably should have won that game. We had ten or eleven runners in scoring position, and their pitchers held the fort down really well. Um, and that's the way baseball goes sometimes. But if we get past them, I feel really good that we're going to go deep, deep into October and probably win the whole World Series. That's wow. the way the team was clicking, and that's what our expectations are more than I've felt in a long time coming into this next year because of, of the way we ended, the way that that feeling was, was flowing through the clubhouse. Guys, a lot of guys felt for the first time like, oh, man, we're, we gotta, we're going to win this. Like, we're going to really do it and believe it. And it's one thing to say it, and it's another thing to believe it. And I think guys were starting to believe it there at the end. That's, That's awesome. Excellent. Yeah, that is awesome. And are you looking to uh, working with Ollie as the new manager in the next year? He's great. Yeah, we've I've, I've – uh, become great friends with Ollie and uh, he has grown up in this game played you know up to the professional ball with the Cardinals and then and then uh, he's been the good thing about it, you know what he's been in like pretty much every role as a coach or as a manager through right. the minor leagues and, and through the big leagues 
He knows every side of it. He knows, you know, what players are thinking because as a bench coach, you get a lot of guys coming to you. You're everyone's best friend because you're the guy that can make things happen and yeah. you can, you're the go-between. Um, and and when you're the kind of the first base coach like he was for a while, then guys can feel like they can kind of come to you and vent without, you know, that getting back to the manager. And, and, and then, you know, when you become the manager, which he's done in the minor leagues also, when you become the manager – some of those things, people uh, may not have a, a great relationship with you or maybe they don't feel comfortable doing because you're the one making the lineup card out. But he has a lot of really great relationships already from being in there. The continuity is great, and I think he's going to do a fantastic job. Well, I'll tell you what, Adam Wainwright, it's been an honor talking to you. Congratulations uh, on your uh, your hunting success and your baseball success. We appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, thank you. I just got done playing a little music on the church stage here. I'm going to go back inside and see if I can't uh, wrangle some more songs up. Keep spreading okay. that word. All right, see you guys. All right, Adam Wainwright, outstanding. And, of course, uh, that was our conversation with Adam Wainwright last year, and here we are headed into – the final game of his baseball career uh, this weekend, of course, and it's going to be a sad day for a lot of St. Louisans, but celebrating a great accomplishment with uh, 200 victories. I was so glad he got that. He's not going to pitch again, but uh, might get to bat. So we're very excited about that. I'm planning on being there, Bo Matthews. Oh, man. You yeah. got tickets? What's yeah, up with that? I know. <laughs> that- this is the great outdoors portion of the program, but you know, Wayno is a great friend of this. Uh, he's he's a, a fan of the Second Amendment and supports it. He's been on the show a couple of different times over the years, and I think we should in, in, encourage him, you know, in his off time, being retired, he's got all this time in the world, to be on the show a little bit more. How about we, that? We should, maybe we can get him back because, of course, he's going to have an a, um, album to promote, right? Yes, he is. Yeah. Country music album. We can play a few of his songs and talk to him about that as well. Just not the national like anthem, and I'm sure he'll continue with his uh, foundation uh, helping people. Big out. league impact. Yes, that's great. Anyway, we thought you'd enjoy listening to Adam again, uh, heading into the final big league game of his career this weekend, and wrapping it all yeah. up and staying with the Cardinals for the entire career. You just don't get that anymore. Just doesn't he, happen. He anymore. gave it all. Yeah, he, he left it all on the stage. Yes, as they he say. did. Hey, all right. Coming yeah. up, here's something else you can do this weekend. Uh, if you love firearms, which I do, and you love collecting <laughs> antique firearms, which I do for sure, uh, they're having a big gun show down in Arnold. We're going to talk to uh, Tom Knox, uh, one of the people who puts this on each year, with all the details coming up on Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, 
You deserve an ice cold reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. Welcome back. And you know, I love nothing better than a good gun show, Bo Matthews. How about you? Man, I haven't been to a gun show in a long time, but man, I always have so much fun. I learn a lot, too. <laughs> we need to correct that because I've been down to the Missouri Arms Collectors uh, gun show. They're going to do it again at the uh, uh, the weekend of the 29th, this weekend, in fact, uh, uh, at the Arnold's Eagles Hall and we've got Tom Knox on the phone this morning uh, to talk more about that. And, Tom, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you for having me. Ab- absolutely. Uh, uh, I loved uh, what you guys did down there the last time I paid a visit. It might have been two years ago, in fact. Uh, but uh, fantastic. Tell people what they can expect this weekend. Well, basically, Missouri Arms Collectors Association is the only locally run gun show in the city. Everything else has gone to out-of-town promoters. And they cater more to the new uh, types of firearms, whereas we cater to the collectors. And that's, uh, that's what our main emphasis is. I, uh, I, you know what? I, I do love a gun show like that because uh, you're right. I was at one at uh, the High Ridge Fire Department uh, many years ago. Maybe you guys were involved with that. I don't know. But the uh, the World War One and World War Two uh, firearms that they had on display, the guys dressed in the uniforms of the era was so cool, Tom. Um, and this is the ninety fifth gun show that you guys are putting on. You weren't at the first annual, were you? Yes, I I was. <laughs> I have been at all of them from the very first one. So they're they're always interesting, and there's always unique items to see. Yeah, t- tell us, just maybe pick out a few of those. I know, I know it struck me that, uh, I mean, there were a lot of older rifles and, and uh, handguns and uh, collector's items that uh, that you had the last time I was down there. Uh, can you think of a few good examples of those you've seen last year or maybe what you're expecting this year? Well, we never know what to expect, to be honest with you, but one of our board members always has several tables of antique Colt firearms uh, dating back to the Civil War. Uh, Another has a large variety of unique and and unusual European arms. Uh, It's never, uh, there there are several collectors of U.S. military uh, firearms dating from World War II and earlier. So it's always a surprise even to me what might pop up. Yeah, I'll I'll bet. Uh, And, you know, uh, I, I, as much as anything, when I was down there, what struck me about it was the knowledge of the folks that you that you gather for for your gun show. I mean, if you've got an old weapon at home or maybe something you inherited from your grandpa or it's been in your family a long time and you just don't know that much about it, uh, the, the, the amount of knowledge that is available at your Arms Collectors Association is, is pretty amazing. It is. There 
there are specialists in almost every field there, and they are more than happy to share their knowledge with anybody who might want to bring something in. That's that's what we try to promote more than anything else. Yeah, that, uh, that, 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 that's fantastic. I know I went down and had a lot of questions about, I think, a British infield uh, rifle that I had at one point. Ah, yes. Yeah, very, very popular firearms in the, in the collecting fraternity. Probably the, the biggest collectibles in now and, and for a long time have been U.S. military arms, although they've spiked and became even more popular after Band of Brothers and Saving Private Ryan. Uh, World War II German firearms are always and have always been collectible. Uh, there are a good portion of collectors of Japanese weapons and just about everything else. I mean, there's guy, there's gentlemen who collect all types of Mauser rifles because the Mauser rifles were used all over the world for 200 years, and every right. uh, virtually every country used them. So there's a never-ending supply of different and unusual variations. Hey, Tom, are there a lot of sales uh, over this weekend, or is it more just a museum for people to walk through? Well, the, the items, in most cases, the items are for sale, are for trade. Uh, so there will be, and there will be some newer firearms there. I mean, we do have members and table holders that deal in the more modern stuff, but it is a smaller percentage than at any other show in the area. Yeah, uh, very true. What, what What's your personal preference, uh, Tom? Um, do, you, do you collect a certain type? Have you filled up your cabinet and you don't buy anymore? What, what What's your take on it? Uh, I don't. I think I'll continue buying them until they throw dirt in my face. Uh, I, I, my particular field of interest is French military firearms dating from World War II going all the way back. Oh, nice! Because just because they're not used very much. Yeah, that's I hear that a lot. They're dropped <laughs> once, you know. I I always hear that. <laughs> just kidding. I couldn't help myself. I I I uh, bought a, an M1 Grand, um, probably twelve, thirteen years ago, and that is my pride and joy. I still take it deer hunting. Wow! Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. That that's one of the most popular. U.S. military firearms, because so many fellows trained with them, uh, even going into Vietnam before they got the M14s, the later rifle, that most of the older fellows did train with them, and so there's a soft spot in their heart. I have fellows that come in here that still remember the serial number of the gun that they carried. Wow. It's amazing. Oh, man. Yeah. Well, you spend a lot of time with something like that. You do. You do remember those kind of things. You know, as uh, we're approaching, uh, well, actually, in the you know, sunk right in the middle of the ninety fifth uh, annual gun show with the Missouri Arms Collections Association. Uh, tell us about uh, some of the deals you got for admission. It's nine dollars uh, general admission, but you do have free admission for some folks. I believe uh, anyone in law enforcement or firemen, they, they get in on their badge. Uh, children under the age, I believe, of 12 uh, don't pay anything. That's true. So yeah. that's that's what our, our rules are on the, in that case. Yeah. 
Well, uh, hopefully people will uh, show up, and I know I know there's just such a great selection. Even even if it's just even if you got a passing interest in it, uh, just to go in, it's it's almost like I wouldn't say walking through a museum, but there are a lot of museum pieces in there that are in, in many cases available for sale, and I, I I I just love to go in and and browse as much as anything. Well, yeah, it, yeah. I'm, I'm the same way because <laughs> I see things. I've been doing this since I was. 12, 13 years old, and I'm 78 now, and uh, I, I still see things every day, either here at the shop or, or at the show that I've never seen before. Yeah, uh, true. Yeah. So, Tom, where, well, I know that, that you guys bring this to Arnold every year. Where else do you go? Do you go all across the state? No, we just have the two shows locally. Uh, that's all we've ever had. Wow. Well, and, and so, uh, listen, again, I'll tell people, 1725 Jeffco Boulevard, easy to find. The Eagles Hall down in Arnold uh, taking place all of this weekend, and I would encourage people to go uh, to go down there and check things out at MissouriArmsCollectorsAssociation.com. MissouriArmsCollectorsAssociation.com. Tom Knox, thank you for joining us. You're more than welcome. Yeah, we appreciate that, and, and best of luck this weekend. Thank you. All right, take care of yourself. We appreciate that. Yeah, I don't know, bro. Cool. I, I love I I I love going to regular gun shows, but I particularly love going to the ones where they have a lot of antique weapons. You can find some of those at um, at at just regular gun shows. People show up with their tables. Some of the collectors have the old you know muskets and and Civil War style weapons. Now prices are going up on those. There's no doubt because right. it's just such a scarcity. And they're you know they're few and far between. When you go to a, a regular, let's call it a regular gun show, as opposed to this one, you get one or two or three. You get a few people that are showing off the really old stuff. Yeah, uh, I went to an antiques uh, show in uh, Belleville about a month ago, and it was an antique show. And but it was all like you know uh, what's that uh, what's that antique show on PBS? Uh, you know, antique antiques road show. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that. And there was a gun dealer there. He, had, he also had knives, and all of his guns were like pre nineteen hundred. Oh, and yeah. I mean, just to look at that that dinosaur style uh, uh, weaponry was high tech at that time. It was just baffling where they store stuff in the in the butt of the gun, and they've got the flints, and they've got the balls, uh-huh. and it, it, it's crazy. I mean, it, but again. Back in that day, that was high tech, baby. Absolutely, it was. Well, hopefully, people yeah. can uh, check out the Missouri Arms Collectors Association uh, this uh, this weekend. Coming up, uh, I of course do a daily talk show here at ninety seven one FM Talk. You do? I do. I uh, for people that aren't aware of that, and <laughs> what? the big story in the news this weekend, this week, was Joe Biden announcing a a new office in the White House and a new czar, a gun. Violence Prevention Office headed by Czar Harris. That would be Kamala Harris. We're going to talk to our friends from the Gun Owners of America about that and what it's all about when we come back on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors.
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It's Second Amendment Radio and the great outdoors. Alongside Mark Cox, I'm Bo Matthews. Carl Middleman, our executive producer of this program. Pew, pew. And this segment is brought to you by uh, that right there. You, you're, this segment is brought to you by Razorback Armory in De Pair. They are a gun concierge. The knowledge base and the selection and the customization and the suppressors, uh, they've got the best selection. Check them out and get into the store. Go introduce yourself. You're going to be a great fan of Razorback Armory. Go to RazorbackArmory.com for details. Tell them Bo sent you in. After every mass shooting, we hear a simple message. The same message all over the country. And I've been to every mass shooting. Do something. Please do something. Do something to prevent the tragedies that leave behind survivors who will always carry the physical and emotional scars. Families will never quite be the same. Communities overwhelmed by grief and trauma. Do something. His writers can't even keep up with their own lies, can they? They'll tell you there have been 800 mass shootings in America. And Joe Biden just looked into a TV camera and said, I've been to every single mass shooting, which just proves to you that there haven't been 800 of them. It's just silly season in America. We've got Aiden Johnston with us, of course, uh, St. Louis native, director of federal affairs for gun owners of America. Aiden, welcome back. Hey, thanks for having me back on. Yeah, doesn't it get a little tiring, uh, the the constant messaging from this White House made up of complete lies and fabrications and blowing things out of proportion, all to announce that he's going to take action by creating a new bureaucracy called the White House Office of Gun Violence Prevention? It's just what we've come to expect, unfortunately, from this administration. Whenever you hear something about firearms, a statistic, uh, whatever, it's usually false in one way or another. They've messed with things to make it seem like guns are the problem. And that's because they they treat firearms, inanimate objects, like they're the cause of violence, which is, you know, done by people. Um, so now they have this office. Uh, you know, we're just calling it the Office of Gun Control because that's what it is. And they're going to they have these staff now. They hired some gun control lobbyists, and they're basically going to spend 24-7 thinking up ways to misuse executive authority to infringe on your Second Amendment rights. I think the most comforting part of this whole uh, gun violence prevention or gun control office is that it's going to be led by uh, Kamala Harris, which, uh, you know, as the guns are, she's done really good at the southern border for us. So, honestly, I don't think we've got a lot to worry about, although this is red meat for them, and they're going to be chomping down. Do you agree? You know, if they were smart, they would have put someone intelligent in charge of this office to actually think of new ways to harass gun owners. I don't think Kamala Harris has had an original idea like that in a long time. So we should be good. But the fact that they hired gun control lobbyists to work and staff the office, that seems like more of a problem to me than you know Kamala Harris yeah. being in charge. Um, we're really concerned that they're going to use um, this office. Biden compared it to 
uh, being like FEMA, we're, we're concerned that they're going to declare some sort of emergency or misuse emergency powers, just like the governor of New Mexico just did to suspend yep. open and concealed carry. That's, I think, one of the biggest concerns with the creation of this office. If anyone's going to mastermind something like that, it's going to be these people. Yeah. You know, I don't want you to overlook the fact that Kamala Harris uses Venn diagrams to solve problems. Um <laughs> She loves Venn diagrams, and whenever she draws them, she finds out that wherever they intersect, the words in the middle are ban guns. And that's exactly what Biden was talking about again this week. Carl, if we can go to that other soundbite with uh, the president, please. It's time again to ban assault weapons high-capacity magazines. If you need 80 shots in a magazine, you shouldn't own a gun. The, the stupidity is so rich, I, I, it's almost not fair, Aiden. You know, of course, what he just proposed is unconstitutional, but what I also love about that statement is he endorsed a ban, uh, federal ban on so-called large-capacity magazines the day after, or rather hours after the bill sponsor, Senator Menendez, was indicted <laughs> on federal bribery charges. The senator who supports an assault or magazine capacity limit at the federal level you took cash and gold bar bribes from Egypt and other foreign dignitaries and, and and we're supposed to go with this guy who wants to who wants to infringe on your second amendment who's taken bribes from foreign countries it just blows my mind that the president has no idea what the second amendment means or what it stands for he doesn't respect your rights and you know we're just not going to listen to him we're going to fight him every inch on the streets of major cities and uh, you know medium-sized cities across this country, uh, it, it, it's uh, frightening to see the headlines usually on Monday morning about what happened over the weekend. Chicago, St. Louis, New York, uh, L.A., wherever it is. Um, and the, the real thing is that law enforcement, uh, although they have been you know demoralized, if anything, um, if they just enforced the laws that they have, it would help so much. But... You, when you look at a gun violence prevention office led by Kamala Harris, it really says we are coming after the legal law-abiding gun owners, and that's the frightening part everybody should have their ears open to. Right. Biden wants to enforce the gun control laws that we already have that we probably should be repealing, when instead we should be enforcing the actual criminal penalties that we have for violent criminals. We let people commit horrible, violent crimes and then release them out on bail the next day or hours later. It is unconscionable. But the Democratic Party, led by President Biden, they're not doing anything about that. Instead, they want to go and they want to blame you and your firearms and your 80-round magazine, wherever you can buy one of those, and (laughs) and as if that is the cause of violence, that inanimate object that Biden thinks you own. Hey everybody, so I have some big news to share. We are announcing the creation of the first ever White House Office of Gun Violence Prevention. And we are doing this work in large part because of the activism, the organizing, the marching, the voting of all of you leaders, be it students, parents, teachers, community leaders, who understand that living free from gun violence should be a right. 
How about living free from ignorance? Can can that be wow. can that be something we can have a house to uh, you know a, a committee to prevent? I don't know, Aiden. I, I listen. I every time I listen to her, the insincerity bleeds through. Here, here's what the, the would be the major four functions of this org of this group: implementing their bipartisan Safer Communities Act, which hasn't, to my knowledge, made any community safer yet. Implementing his executive actions on gun control, many of which are going to be challenged all the way to the Supreme Court. Coordinating more support for victims in the way FEMA responds to natural disasters, which you referred to there earlier. And working with state and local partners to pass more state laws like they did in California this week where Gavin Newsom announced he was putting an 11% excise tax on weapons and he called it he just flat out called it a sin tax on on a on something you have a constitutional guarantee to own yeah i mean the republicans unfortunately sort of handed the president, a lot of this, that Bipartisan Safer Communities Act, that's all thanks to Senator John Cornyn and uh, Senator Mitch McConnell and Republicans in the Senate who passed this unconstitutional gun control that's been weaponized against gun owners countless times. You know, case in point being this Office of Gun Violence Prevention that uh, they're going to their number one goal is to be to enforce that. And and Biden's executive orders have flowed from law, changes to the law that came from the Bipartisan Safer Communities Act. But like I said, that that FEMA comparison, I think, is really, really concerning because in New Mexico just a couple of weeks ago, the governor used a public health emergency to say no one can carry a firearm in the entire city of Albuquerque, not if you have a concealed carry license, not if you want to lawfully open carry. And now, I don't think that the president has that authority to, to you know ban carry nationwide or something like that. Who knows what kind of ways these people are going to try to abuse emergency power. We've seen public health emergency power abuse just in recent years. So that is extremely, extremely concerning to us. And and we have a bill that GOA supports in Congress to prevent the White House or the Secretary of Health and Human Services from declaring an emergency to impose gun control. And Democrats voted it down in committee about a month ago. Wow. You know, uh, number three on the list of things that this office is uh, going to supposedly do that you listed off, Mark, uh, was co- coordinating more support for victims after shootings. Yeah. Uh, to me, that sounds like uh, the uh, student loan uh, forgiveness program or the money that they're uh, they're going to uh, put out for the folks in Hawaii that were devastated by the fires, uh, which he can relate to. Um, but th- to me, this is just nothing more than uh, than throwing money uh, to possibly buy votes. You know, you have, you know, let's say a family's, uh, you know, suffered a loss of, of somebody in an inner city shooting. Well, what's that going to be? Is that a paycheck? Is that, are they just going to get a check? Is that the support they're talking about? Or are they talking about uh, emotional support that they can help with their community? I don't know what it is. I, I don't either. And, and it, you know, at this point, they're, 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 they're going to take money away from law enforcement in big cities across the country, including right here in St. Louis and redirect it to help victims after the crimes happen instead of prosecuting, using the money to have policing and prosecuting the criminals to prevent it from ever happening again. It's a screwed-up set of priorities, Aiden. Yeah, I mean, what's the best way you can help a community uh, before or after an incident like this is preventing it from ever happening in the future or again? And for, say, 
say it's a, a school shooting, the best way to stop that is to arm really teachers. It's to give people the tools to defend themselves and to protect themselves. And that's not what the president is talking about giving to victims or communities here. He's still talking about imposing all the same gun controls and taking away their right to defend themselves. And that's just not going to help anyone. Well, I know gun owners, you guys are doing your part uh, fighting these efforts across the country. You went to went to bat in, in New Mexico, clearly. Um, and I mean, are there are any of his executive actions on guns still being challenged in court? Do you know? Yeah, so we're still fighting against the Biden pistol brace ban. That's uh, ongoing litigation. It's uh, the federal government is restrained from enforcing that ban and confiscating any of our members firearms, but we were not able to secure a nationwide injunction for non-GOA members just yet. Um, and we're also still fighting the um, the ATF rule on uh, so-called ghost guns, where they actually uh, regulated the sale of gun parts and also made 4473s, the form that you fill out when you buy a gun, into permanent gun registration records. So we're still fighting both of those. And the White House also announced a backdoor universal background check rule. And we're going to be filing a lawsuit to that as soon as it's finally implemented. Well, you know, the subject, uh, we talk about mass shootings, school shootings, God forbid those things happening. But uh, Missouri is is definitely, uh, you know, moved in March. They put out the HB 70 that required school faculty and staff who want to participate to get a concealed carry permit and be approved and designated by the school district or the school board to carry a gun on school property. There's a few places in the state of Missouri that's doing that. It needs to be uh, across the country and other states may be doing it, but we're only concerned here in the Midwest at, at this point. Uh, but I think that, I think that's a good plan because uh, the good guys, the, the cops with guns can't be everywhere. And when something is happening and, and people are probably thinking, you're crazy putting a gun in a, a teacher's hand. You know what? When it's happening, you want a good person with a gun. I said, I said a gender fluid, uh, good guy, <laughs> good, you know, good guy, good girl with a gun, a gun person. Um, a gu- let's it's like go with a that. birthing person, a, gu- a gunning. You want a gunning person to be there. <laughs> I do, I do, and I, I, I'm, I'm for that because if target, uh, if schools are truly targets, you definitely want protection uh, where it's happening and when it's happening. My opinion. Yeah, you know, there's never been a school shooting at a school that had armed teachers, so this is a, absolutely a great first step for Missouri and for teachers. I think that no matter where you work, whatever school district you work, even if there are anti-gunners uh, that run the school board, um, that the teacher's right to carry a firearm doesn't stop when they go to work. Yes. So I think it right. should be across all of the schools. And, and I, I don't think that, um, you know, that restriction is constitutional, but I'm glad that some schools are going to be protected. I think that that will serve as plenty of deterrence. We've seen these mass shooters. They go and they case up their targets and they see what kind of security measures they have. And they just do not target gun-free zones. Ninety-plus percent of mass public shootings take place in those gun-free zones. And that would mean also for a school, a school that doesn't have armed teachers. Well, it's a great point. Aiden Johnson, always great having you on. Gun Owners of America, gunowners.org is the website to find out more about the great work they do, to sign up for email alerts, to become a member and help them in their ongoing fight to protect your Second Amendment rights. Aiden, thank you. Thank you very much. Yep, we will uh, We'll talk yeah. again soon. Sounds good. Absolutely. Uh, take care of yourself. Thanks Appreciate for being our that. expert. And, yep. Yeah, and, and good. Love and talking good, to that guy. You, and and you, you, you kind of get a 30,000-foot view because Aiden is looking at what's going on all across the country and not just here in the Midwest. 
Right. And I didn't mean to put the spotlight just on Missouri, but I mean, no, that's the, that's what I understand best. Our friends um, in and Illinois, there's a bunch though. Of, yeah, our friends in Illinois yeah, understand. <laughs> there are there are a bunch of school districts that do allow teachers and faculty to have concealed carry, and I, I just think it's it's smart in the day and age that we live in, Mark. Don't you think? It's common sense, and this is common sense yes. radio. All right, that does it for this edition of Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. We'll see you next weekend. See you, boys. Get more at 971talk.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 